Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, we are still a bit away from resurrecting dinosaurs or other ancient beasts, but we have managed it for worms. A 46,000-year-old worm was found in the Siberian permafrost and was brought back to life. Dr Philip Schiffer is group leader of the Worm Lab at the University of Cologne. Good afternoon, Philip. Good afternoon. Uh, So could you start by describing for us, this is a a nematode, this is a tiny worm. Yes, correct. This is... uh a very tiny worm, about a millimeter in size. Um, and they, they're everywhere. You can find them in your garden, in your planting pots, under any bush, by just digging up the soil. And they are in there in hundreds and thousands of them. Yeah. Now, th- though, w- w- can correct me if I'm wrong here. It, it, w- it is 46,000 years old. It was found in the ice. But technically, it wasn't dead. Would that be correct? That's correct. It's kind of in a state between life and death. We call it suspended animation. So obviously, if something is dead, then it can't come back to life. Mm. But then, of course, they're also not living because they don't eat, they don't feed, they don't reproduce. They're just lying there. Yeah. And, and why and how can, uh, can these nematodes be able to do this? So these little worms and also some other little uh, species have this ability. They evolve this to uh, survive in extreme conditions. And of course, freezing is an extreme condition. And yeah, every winter they would freeze and then come back to life in, in spring. Um, and they just evolved this as a mechanism to, to survive during these times. Okay. And this particular sort of worm, d- does it exist nowadays as well? Or, or you know, how did it at some point become extinct? Um, we don't know this, actually. So there are very closely related other species, which we find everywhere around the world. There are some from Ireland, I'm sure. There We find them in the Atacama Desert here in Australia, where I currently am. For this specific species, we would need to go to Russia and do a lot of sampling to see if maybe descendants of this worm, which froze 45,000 years ago, are still alive today in a different spot there. Um, but we don't know this right now. Okay, well, it, it had been in the ice for an awfully long time. So that, w- yes. how, how did you go about thawing it, I assume, very, very carefully? Well, yeah, our Russian colleagues, they took the uh, soil samples into their labs and then put them on, uh, on, on uh, little containers, which were sealed, of course, so that nothing from the outside could crawl in. And then they thawed this over days. So it has to be thawed very slowly. Because I guess if you do it um, too quickly or heat it up, then things inside will just die, maybe get cooked or something. So it is a rather slow process, as you would have it in in spring when the soil in your garden thaws after some ice. Mm. And then the the process of of reanimating it. It, It's doing it on itself, right? So it's basically as soon as it's, it's thawing, it's coming slowly back to life. And then as soon as it's fully thawed, it, it will start crawling around, start feeding again. And in, in this case, because it's an all-female worm, so it's asexual, they're really only females, it starts laying eggs and then there are little worms coming out of these eggs okay. also very shortly. Okay, so you didn't have to do anything to bring it back to life. No. It did it all itself. No, no. I, yes, of course. Yeah, I, And I assume you didn't know for sure whether that would happen or not. No, of course not. I mean, the colleagues, they just uh, put these little soil samples out on their dishes and saw what's happening. And, and, and then worms wriggled out of it. That's extraordinary. How did you even find it in the first place? Given it's, it's only a millimeter long, they're, they're, were you looking for worms? Were, there, were your Russian colleagues looking for worms? How did that come they about? Were. 
they were looking for all kinds of animals that might come out of there, right? So there is, it, it's known that in this permafrost, there are also uh, tardigrades, which you might have heard of, these little bear-like animals, which mm. is, are invertebrates, rotifers, which are little animals with small little wheels at the head, which turn around. And, and also, of course, nematodes. We know that they're in the soil everywhere. So we're just seeing what, what happens. I mean, doing basic science, we, we do an experiment, we take some soil, toy it after a long, long time, and then see if something pops out. Right. Okay. And now the, the the original worm is now dead. I, I and as I understand, that's not due to any mishap. It just doesn't. They don't tend to live for very long. No. They in this particular genus, they live like twenty to sixty days. We once measured this in the lab. It's maximum of sixty days, which is already long for some of these nematodes. Right. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but it had lots of babies. It has a lot of babies, and uh, we have the descendants of this worm in my lab in Cologne right now. And uh, made some videos the other day for colleagues, other colleagues from the press, and um, are doing experiments with these worms. Okay, and and presumably they'll continue to reproduce. They do exactly, yeah. So and because they well, they are tiny, so they tend to have many offspring. So we can easily have thousands, tens of thousands in, in a very small space in, in our laboratory, which helps, of course, doing experiments. Okay, yeah. But, but would you have any plans of releasing all of them or at least some of them back into the wild? Or might that create some sort of weird ecological imbalance? Well, I, I don't know if it would create something, but we don't do it. I mean, basically, as, as a scientist, you have responsibility. If you have something like this in your lab, you keep it in your lab. So they are sealed off on, on these little plastic plates and we don't plan to release anything like that into the wild. Okay, yeah. Now, but, uh, but, uh, as it stands, though, it is the oldest multicellular creature ever brought back to life. Yes, that's currently the, um, the, the, the state of things. I, I I'm not, wouldn't claim any records here or anything, mm, right? So yeah. maybe a colleague goes out and finds something older tomorrow or has already found found it and is in the process of writing this up so but yes that's that's the state today it's uh, the oldest well and, and and from what you've learned from doing that i mean is, is that a, a a step perhaps to reanimating larger and larger creatures um simply say no because larger creatures don't have this ability like if you i mean think of people might think of bears or something which go into hibernation in winter, but that's a completely different process. Um, so we only know that these very, very small, tiny invertebrates, the rotifers, tardigrades, nematodes, they have this ability to go into cryptobiosis, this suspended animation, as we call it. Uh, but large animals, they just can't do this. Yeah. All right. It's fascinating stuff nonetheless. Uh, Philip, thank you very much for speaking with us today. That was Dr. Philip Schiffer, group leader of the Worm Lab at the University uh, of Cologne. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.